0: Hello and welcome to the GLT podcast series with the Greenshaw Learning Trust and Friends Book Club, where we talk all things teaching and learning with leading educationalists across the world. My name is Rhiannon Rainbow.
1: and My name is Dave Tushingham. This is a place to enjoy listening to organic conversations between teachers and authors, a journey in bringing the latest evidence-based literature into the classroom.
0: Good afternoon and welcome to the GLT is Always Learning book club session Um, today is session number 33. My name is Rhiannon Rainbow.
1: And I'm Dave Tushingham and today we will be discussing the book Curriculum Conversations Between Subjects and Senior Leaders by Mary Meyer and John Thompson. Let's get stuck in.
0: Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to this afternoon's um, GLT book club session. We are absolutely thrilled to bits to have Mary Myatt and John Thompson join us this afternoon. For Mary, it's um, her second appearance at one of our shows, which is absolutely brilliant. And also to have John with us as well means that we get to hear from both of the voices on this utterly fantastic collaboration that they've done for us. Her And also to hear that they're working on the primary version just is Wetting our appetites for the next one as well. So not to cross over into Dave's territory, I am going to mention, there's so many things I could say about both of these brilliant people this afternoon, but uh, Mary Myatt, um, an education advisor, writer, speaker, Curates Myatt and Co., which has got I think it's like 300 videos, or that's probably not high enough at the moment, actually. It's an incredible library on there. She's been a governor in three schools, a trustee for a multi academy trust co-founded the RE Quality Mark, chair of the board for the Centre for Education and Youth, and a member of the Curriculum Advisory Group for the Oak National Academy, as well as author of many books and and other um, pretty awesome things as well. So that's Mary Myers, and also, John Tomsit this afternoon. So both of you, please, if there's something that I've missed, my sincerest apologies. So John is a nationally renowned school leader. He's been supporting schools to improve the quality of teaching and learning. Um, Over 30 years of teaching experience and almost 20 years as a head teacher. He led the Huntington School in York, one of the country's leading research schools for 14 years. So it's an absolute privilege to have you both here this afternoon to talk about her curriculum conversations between subjects and senior leaders. And I'm, uh, I'm thrilled to bit. so thank you so much. I'm going to mute now and hand over to Dave.
1: Thanks, Ree. Um, and thank you both for joining us. Um, and Mary, thanks for joining us again um, on our um, book club. It's just an absolute delight to have you both here. Um, I'm just um, flicking through the book again as I'm getting ready to introduce. Usually I take a few minutes going through sort of why we've chosen it, but I just want to get involved with it. So I'll try and keep it really, really brief here. Um, but it's, um, it's a book which I've been using this year with my staff in, in my school, um, where um, it's for every single subject I'm supporting in terms of the development um, of the subject knowledge that the, uh, C that they would be um, doing in their their own department so I've been supporting subject leads Um, and during that support just having this book by the side to say um, have a look at this chapter on your subject in order to give um, direction to where to pick up that subject knowledge because myself I won't have the subject knowledge for every single one of these subjects to the depth that they would need Um, but to have this book just by my side to go I think it should look a little bit like this but you need to go and look there um, it just it just has everything. It just points to where um, where you need to go um, for links. It gives you examples of the overviews. It gives you those common or real questions um, and, and answers to those from some real experts that you've been talking with um, around um, what a, um, a good curriculum would look like. So, what would the NI students know by the end um, by the end of their year? Should they have um, used this curriculum? Is it going to be? How how do you measure that success and those sort of staple questions that are in there but also with those sort of tailored individual questions like um so what what is contemporary dance what does it what does it look like in your subject when you do this very specific thing that you won't see another subject um i think it's just invaluable to the support that i can give um as well as that it's the support that um it gives um those subject leads but it's the support that it then gives the teachers to understand the curriculum as well and and the answers and the responses that are there, as I say, are just really, really comprehensive. So I'm um, just really looking forward to digging deeper, learning lots, because as I say, my subject knowledge is limited here. There's going to be some ignorance I show at many occasions in this next hour, but I'm just loving, loving the idea of just learning loads more from, um, from what I've read so far. So um, Mary, Tom, um, if I maybe, Mary, hand over to you first of all, just to sort of introduce the book yourself and to talk a little bit more about um, where it's come from, if that's Okay.
2: Yes, sure. Um, thank you, Dave, and thank you, Rhiannon. Um, I'm going to duck this first bit because it was John's idea. I could talk forever about it, but John, uh, just describe quickly the email uh, you sent to me in February 2021 and my response.
3: Yeah, so so I I was um, I knew I was leaving Huntington, leaving 14 years of headship, and we were we were busy busy working on the curriculum. And and one of the things that I've always worried about as a head and as a senior leader, I've line managed, if you can get your head around this, um, I've line managed subjects for 30 years. So I was first a a senior leader in 1991. So I've line managed subjects for 30 years. um, And I've never talked to much more beyond meaningless data. (laughs) And you you get to the point now where you actually realize all that, that key stage three data, it was all made up, right? But it formed the basis of most of the conversations with subject leaders. Um, and it kept, largely kept governors happy. I mean, the governors didn't really know what it meant, but they knew there was something there. Um, so from my point of view, we were talking, we were getting back on track after the first lockdown. You know, we were really hard nosed about what we were trying to do. Into the second lockdown in January, 2021, I'd got seven months left of my career, and I was really bugged by this idea that I didn't know what I was talking about when I, when I had conversations with subject leaders. So the, 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 the one I use as the best example is Modern Languages, well, Languages, as they call it. And the woman who runs um, languages at Huntington has a double first in German and Russian from Cambridge, and I've got a CSE grade one from 1980. Right? So my, my line about that is, is that that's, a, that's problematic on two fronts. One, I can't help her develop the curriculum. Two, she could tell me anything and I'd have to believe it was true about the curriculum because I didn't know it, I'd have no knowledge. Um, and that's why you end up talking about data and people premium students and other they making enough progress? Um, you don't talk about the meaty stuff, which is the curriculum. So I, I was really, really bet, kind of fixated about this. And I had this idea about a book called um, The Middle Leaders Handbook, Middle Leaders Curriculum Handbook for Senior Leaders, which tells them exactly what they need to know about each subject. Right? So that it was exactly what it said on the tin. That was the name of the book. So I emailed on the 21st of February, I emailed Mary and said, oh, I've got this idea for a book. I've done a side of A4. What do you reckon? Um, and Mary replied, you know, if I could show you with my, both both my electronic hands bitten off, she said, yes, it's, it's exactly what we need. Um, let's crack on. And then, so I was thinking about how the hell to do it, and then I'm going to hand over to Mary, because Mary came up with a solution.
2: Yeah, so I, I thought it was a brilliant idea, but I initially said no, John, because I didn't think I'd got the time and I couldn't see how you'd got the time. I... <laughs> Uh, Not that I can speak for you, but I knew I hadn't got the time to to put my head down to to do this. And then I slept on it precisely one night and emailed you back the following morning and thought, I I think there's a way we could do this. Um, And that is to record the interviews that we have with colleagues, um, then send those recordings off to be transcribed and then um, edit them down uh, to make each chapter. And John John did that. John did all the heavy lifting on the editing. Um, and so that made it um, a more efficient process, but also meant that we had to keep to timetable because we had um, about 22, 23 recordings that we had to do to make it work. So, um, you know, three, sometimes four nights a week, John and I were on calls doing these and then um, getting those those recordings off to be transcribed. But I think what happened from that was that we got something that was, had much more spirit in it than if we'd just done it from scratch and uh, talked to people and then tried to make sense of it from notes. So you've got the raw, the raw sense of people who are both masters of what they're doing, but still humble enough to know that there's more to do. Um, And so in a way, although it was to try to make it manageable, I think we've actually come up with a better final product because of that liveliness of the conversations.
3: Uh, and the spirit was so great. I mean, you know, we'd come in and, that, and they were done from, I think it was seven till 7 till 8.30, something like that, and um, you'd be tired. And this was in the last six months of my 33-year career, 18 years as a head. And uh, I'd come in, you're a bit tired, and um, by the end of it, you're flying. You know, and, and what was great about it is that subject leaders absolutely loved it. So, uh, every single one said how much they'd enjoyed Talking about the curriculum because no one had really ever asked them about it, right? <laughs> you know, and, and and to my absolute shame, I started finding out about the school curriculum in the last six months of my career, of a thirty-three year career, um, and I only you know, there's only two, two of the subject leaders were from Huntington. So I spoke about the curriculum with nineteen twenty-one people who didn't work at Huntington School. Right? that's just that's just criminal, actually, <laughs> really wrong. Um, and so what, what, the one thing that, one of the things that I love about it is, one, it's given, a, it gives a platform to people who are doing brilliant work, who haven't got the voice that Mary, the platform that Mary and I have. Um, and two, uh, it, it gives everybody else a sense and a real shorthand way, in a relatively quick way, like you've said, Dave, to get up to speed, right? And And, and we've. We've been using it, my colleagues have been using it at Huntington, and I've got some lovely video work of those conversations going on between senior leaders and subject leaders, which are absolutely exemplary. Exactly what I wanted, of a different standard altogether than anything I've experienced or seen going on in schools, which is just tremendous. I love it.
2: Yeah, and one of the things that I was um, anticipating there might be some pushback on and I was uh, prepared for that was people saying this is the only way to do it, but we made it quite clear that we were offering this in the spirit of this is the way one subject leader in one school who's getting great results, but also there's more to it than that. They're thinking deeply about the curriculum, they're thinking about all the problems, all the opportunities. Um, So it's not a blueprint, it's a blueprint for a way of working rather than a blueprint of, oh, that's what I have to do. So it's a a prompt for discussion um, and opening up new avenues rather than people taking it on lock, stock and barrel. And I've been really surprised that people have taken it in that spirit but I think there's something else going on that i feel really strongly about is that i think um in in lots of sectors and in education in particular there's a lot of very dry statistical stuff um even if it's not based around numbers it's like uh quite theoretical and it's not exemplified sufficiently in my humble opinion for a simple soul like me um i think there's a place for that for headline stuff but actually um I've always believed in whatever sphere I'm working in, you know, supporting schools in whatever capacity, that a little bit of information can tell you a big story. You select the right stuff to focus on, um, to, to do some drilling around, etc., cetera. And it tells you a huge amount about what, what else might be going on. And so this conversational way of offering roots into having these conversations fall into that bucket it's not the be all and end all it's not a three line whip but it provides people with an interesting template against which they can uh, bounce their own their own ideas
0: and i think it's it's absolutely brilliant what you've uh, so many things of what you've said there but where f- the opportunity for so many subject leads that might not have the same networks or have this, have yet been able to structure and, and frame their thinking about how to put something together or, or a way they might consider their subject, they can go to this book as that gateway, as that starting point, to almost have that conversation with with somebody else that it'd be so difficult then to be able to find the time to to prompt that thinking elsewhere so it's incredibly helpful and and I think you know I spent um just going back to what what John said I spent 15 years in 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 one school and so much of the conversation was not around what is in this book, um, being a, a head of maths and the areas that we'd focus on in our, our department. And um, it's, it's in recent years where I'm starting to think of, OK, so what reading would I want to direct somebody to? What questions might I ask of the curriculum? But actually, one of the challenges I've got as a maths, as, as a maths specialist is... I don't know my blind spots. I'm also so used to talking to people who work on the curriculum with me. What bits would we need to articulate? What are the questions we might need to ask when we have this understanding or we think we have the shared understanding, but how can we then begin to unpick that? And so there are, it just helps at so many different levels for whether you're looking at your own subject or another subject and then looking for opportunities and that way into to those as well in different ways of considering it when curriculum can be such a, a nebulous thing at the moment and it's it's on the tip you know it's it's in everybody's conversations but are we focusing on things that are really going to help and to make a difference and what i've noticed in here is that it it works as that gateway and it helps to shape our thinking towards it so that's that's the, the uh, a huge thrust of how i've been um using it and, and thinking about it since since reading it so thank you
2: so it's interesting you say that um Rhianne, and about our blind spots because i was talking to a vice principal um uh a little while ago and uh, she's a math specialist and what she was saying is, is that, that she also line manages maths and other subjects, but she said that, in fact, her head of maths um, is up to date in a way that she isn't because she's focusing on other things. So it's provided her with a layer of honest professional humility to be able to have those, uh, those conversations and, um, Uh, And I think that's another thread that we really wanted to tease out uh, and and make quite a stand on, is that, um, you know, the sector is very hierarchical. Um, It doesn't mean that all schools act in a hierarchical way, but plenty do. Um, And I think that in some contexts, senior leaders who are having these conversations can feel that they're letting their guard down if they don't know a huge amount about one of the subjects that they happen to be line managing. And um, so that can make them feel vulnerable and a bit fragile. And so we address that in the book that actually um, you are a stronger leader if you say you don't know some things. Uh it it it's it's really important to do that. Actually, if you prote- if you know everything, well, you're you're not a human being really you're a robot but if um you know the stronger you are the more you can show your vulnerability and that curiously i have hard evidence of this personal evidence when you do that actually you, um uh you 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 gain, you gain more credibility. You've got to be good enough at your job. You can't be rubbish at your job with this, but if you're pretty good at your job, you're on top of it, but you admit that there's you actually gain um, more credibility from your colleagues. So there's that element um, that there's no shame in saying, I don't know, but equally uh, what, what am I going to do to find out? But so, so we've provided some routes into that. But s- the second thing that's going on is that the, uh, line manager by and large is the novice in relation to their junior colleague if we're thinking in hierarchical sense um, who is the um, relative expert and so again that dynamic has to shift in order to have that conversation where it's two colleagues coming at this from a place of curiosity and then it really starts opening up but John might want to expand on this in a moment but he said he absolutely. N- Nailed, nailed it in quite a harsh way with one colleague who says, um, I intend to hold my colleagues to account. It's like, mate, that is completely the wrong tack to take. I think I've got that
3: right, John. Uh, yeah, was, it was kind of one of the other spurs for the book. I was approached in October 2020 by a head who wanted me to help him hold his middle leaders to account for the curriculum subject list. And I said, how can you hold anything to account if you don't know anything about it? You know, it's the chocolate teapot stuff. You know, completely useless because you don't know anything about it, and that, that really got me thinking. And I think, think you have to, have to enter this work as a senior leader with humility, with proper humility. Um, and and, it, and it, the metaphor I use for it is, you know, when you go, I'm 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 not very good at German or French. But if you go to France on holiday and you try you you try hard to converse in French, they like you much more for it, right? And in the same way, as you go to a subject and you say to the subject leader, look, um, I've read the chapter in her and I've read a couple of these articles. This is my understanding of your subject, right? This is what I think the core principles are. Where am I compared to what your thinking is and how close am I to it? They'll love you for it. Right. They'll think, God, this man or this woman is really making effort to understand my subject. And they're, and they're grateful for it. And they admire you more for coming along with that bit of humility, but you do the work, right? I, the other thing I say relentlessly is that you've got to do the work as a subject leader. You've got, there's tons to do. And what I try what we try to do in this book is kind of produce a sort of kind of time efficient shorthand for getting in there with some foundational knowledge. That will begin that conversation and then if you if you if you think right i'm going to spend two years learning this subject through the subject leader through conversations through getting into classrooms through asking teachers about it looking at schemes getting underneath it then you piece together you'll piece together the whole thing and i always the other metaphor i use before i I shut up and go to dave is is I've always thought interestingly about London. You learn that little bit of London there, you learn that little bit of London there, and that bit of London there. And then suddenly you'll go in a car journey or a bus and you'll see that they're connected, right? And it's a bit like that with the curriculum, with the subject curriculum, you learn that bit, then that bit, then that bit. Oh, and then those, all those bits come together, and there's the whole of that bit. Oh, I get that now, and how they interact with each other and how they're connected. And that's the other method I use for understanding how if you if you, if you work as a senior leader on learning short chunks, let's go and watch some year eight lessons. Let's look at the year eight curriculum um, for this half term. What does that look like? How does that fit together with what they learn in year seven? How does that build on what they learn in year seven? How's it connected? How does it refine what their understanding of that bit? And then you just keep piecing the thing together, and over time, you'll build your own schema, your own understanding of, of the subject, which will more than equip you to have a conversation on an ongoing conversation with subject leaders that's how I see the thing working
0: no it's 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 a it's such a useful resource and I think the other thing it, it helps with as well is I'll, I'll talk to um a deputy head for example that is line managing a maths and has done for a couple of years and will say well I don't know what it should look like in maths you tell me and I, so hold on let's ha- let's have a look let's now have we now have a go-to which I didn't have when I was having this initial conversation and I'm thinking right what would be a really good way to support this person to accelerate um, their, 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 their powerful knowledge to be able to get a better understanding of the curriculum and, and help to, to, to make them feel more confident. I can now i got a resource that I can direct them to so they can start, as you said, with what you were thinking could, could be a thread that it could be used for. That's absolutely something that I have used it for on the ground now, because I can now I've been able to say to that senior leader, actually, have a look at that section in this book, read those and let's let's talk it through and let's see see how we can do this together, rather than me constantly trying to tell them. So, Dave. on in um i can't wait
1: to hear from you i'm just gonna um sort of say very similar to you i think i've got um a sort of a specific example i was just reading through as um as john was talking there um i'm on the p page at the moment and um i was imagining being the line manager as you were talking and what i would have done before and i would have gone into the conversation with humility but i would have gone in and said so tell me about this i might have tried to do a bit of sort of uh, research with some of the more sort of practical um, sides. So just think about what sports that, that, they, that might be taught in P or it might be some sort of really um, sort of ignorant things that I was looking up where I wanted to, to do well um, in that conversation and support that um, head of p, but really not quite knowing what I'm looking up here. But the, the bit that's really helping me in this book is um, is in each section where it's uh, asked the question, what support you would like from your senior leader? Um, and so to be able to read that and, and just... Straight away, I'm taking from the, the P section. Um, the, uh, what we want is this um, for P not to be seen just as a practical subject. Well, I think we all know that there's going to be some classroom work in P, but um, the idea that that's there in the first sentence. Um, speaks volumes to me that that's something that we really need to address and, and talk deeply about. And what are we going to do to support you in the classroom? And um, and how are we going to support with the the wider teaching in PE? And the second paragraph goes into the inconsistencies um, of the conditions in PE. And we all know that sometimes it might be raining when uh, you teach on the pitch, but. I wouldn't think deeply about that I wouldn't be thinking about oh that lesson changes that's a very different lesson because of the weather here it's windy now and all of a sudden you need to really change the way you're teaching maybe different students will all of a sudden become experts in this classroom maybe um, you're going to change the activity completely or or there's going to be some more subtle changes in the way you deliver that lesson um, your voice for example um, and reaching the far ends of that pitch will be more challenging and it's just those little things that I wouldn't have thought of in that conversation, but just reading through there in 30 seconds, I've now got good quality prompts to go and talk to those um, heads of department and uh, and find out more about how I could be supportive of them. And I just thought, yeah, just what you said really resonated and, and having those examples, and I just wanted to sort of tie it to something specific, um, really, really helps in, in having that conversation, I feel.
3: One of the things I, I really love about the book, and. Um, Mary talked a little bit about the process. So you get 10,000 words. And so I had 210,000 words to pare down to 80-something. Um, that's a lot of words. <laughs> um, we managed to get it all, it was a day less, a day under six months from, I think, the first email to the publication date or something like that, or to submission for, for publishing. Um, so it was just under six months. So it was a lot of hard work, but great work. Um, and then you get down to just three and a half or four thousand words, and um, I I loved kind of paring down to exactly what was I thought would I'd need, you know, because there's there's loads of stuff out. I've, we've got the full transcripts. There's still lots of lovely stuff in there, but you know, a lot of the exercise of, of curriculum development at the moment is the quarter to a pint pot stuff. It's it's. What are you leaving out? What choices you are you making about keeping in there? So I almost replicated some of the things that you have to do as a subject leader to pare down the stuff to know exactly why you're teaching that to those students at that point in time. And it was a great process. Mary.
2: Yes, I think. Um... Yeah, those, those, those transcripts were exceptionally long, you did a brilliant job on them, and now that I'm picking up some of the primary ones, I realise just how hard it is. It, from my point of view, it's easier though than starting from scratch, but this distilling of what they've said. But the great thing about technology, of course, is that we, we not only have the transcripts, we've got the recordings and they're all available on Martin MartinCo, and people are using those and, and finding them helpful. Um, but the question came through which i thought was a really interesting one in the chat about whether there were um any common um themes that came through this is from wayne thanks for the question um wayne so, so i i'm going to kick off with that so there are a number of common themes john's mentioned one which was the fact that everyone we spoke to just loved it and and we 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 said right at the start of the recordings that we're going to we'll do this because you've agreed but I will send you the link as soon as it's ready. If you don't want to use it, we we won't use it. And everyone said yes. It was remarkable. Everyone said yes. Um, But at the end of it, when we were doing a quick debrief, without exception, everyone said they just love this chance to talk um, from the heart and also the intellect about the subject. Another theme that came through very strongly was that, again without exception and again unprompted, was um, how every subject expert we spoke to saw their subject as contributing to the whole person, the whole child, beyond the exam results. Exam results are really important, acknowledge that, but they were doing something bigger and more important than that. And they looked for the subject to have an impact in children's lives beyond school and down the road. And so a great example from um, Guy's section on PE that, you know, he's got in mind about how he wants his children, when their parents encouraging their children to be active and enjoy sport, for instance. So there was this um, sense that they were all doing something that took the child to a bigger space as a as a human being which was which was great um and the third one i would just mention i'm sure john's got um some as well as a common theme is they really wanted the subject to be taken seriously which frankly is an issue in lots of contexts um uh where really only the core english maths and science are honored and then the others are sort of like you know, they don't have the same high profile or the same status in some contexts. And um, they all wanted the subject to be taken seriously. And um, no, so for instance, Joe Baker and Art saying, it's really not helpful if a senior leader comes in and says, um, you know, when they're they're coming in, you know, to see what's happening in classrooms, because none of this work is around accountability. It's around, um, it's around insights, and information gathering. It's not about any kind of judgment. Um, it's really not helpful if colleagues come in and, and either say in a stage whisper or directly to a student, um, "I'm no good at I'm no good at um, at drawing. I can only draw stickmen." That is not helpful, senior leader, because what you're doing is you're legitimizing. And I know you, you're both maths experts. You'll have had colleagues, I'm sure, in the past, who say, "I'm I'm no good at maths." It's like mate. You are legitimizing children saying they can't do maths. Every subject has its place. And so that came across. That was very funny, Joe, talking about that. So those were the three, three big themes that that came through for me. John, I'm sure you've got yeah, some other observations.
3: Well, one of the other questions is one of the things that surprised you. I I really, I really love the, the languages chapter with Hannah Pinkham. And she was. In charge of languages at Reach Feltham down in London with Ed Venker, and um, she's now director of languages and research in languages at uh, at uh, Bradford at the, at the um, CTC at the um, Technology Bradford. You know what i you know what I mean. Um, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant stuff she's doing. And what they did there, she said all they're worried about in years seven and eight, essentially, is getting children to speak the language. And they spend hours and hours and days just, just working on being really confident with the, with the accents. And uh, they, they kind of rejected all textbooks and they worked really hard on developing a curriculum, which was around narrative. You know, come back to some of the stuff that Mary talks about a lot, is that people love narrative. And, and the, if you read that chapter, what they did... It, uh, what she did at REACH was Gert um, created three Spanish-speaking children across the globe and three French-speaking um, children across the globe. And they just exchanged, they wrote them, and they exchanged these fictional um, pen pal letters, which had a narrative. So the children would be ready for the next letter, wanting to find out what, what, what's the next part of the story. We're like Dickens episode, you know, is it ready to ready publish the next the next episode? So they really loved the story. And then they spent all the time getting them to really be able to pronounce it, learn, you know, Gianfranco Conti, learn the learn the phrases rather than individual vocab words. And then by the time they got to year nine and they started unpicking what that meant in terms of grammar, etc, etc, the students had all the language they needed. They didn't need to go through that really painful vocab learning into year nine which just ends up with really terrible lessons and children misbehaving and being disinterested and just loved it and it was was just that was a real surprise and um you know i really promote that approach and and she's been it's great now that hannah is up in up in the north because i was in contact with her yesterday about helping with the map which has got some issues around languages which is great you know making making those connections and then and, and it feels like going back to the you know, why are we doing it feels like you're sitting next to the subject leader with her in front of you talking about it talking about the subject collectively and collaboratively not in some kind of faux accountability system where you're holding them allegedly to account for what they're doing Yeah, you know it's great it's, you're kind of learning the thing together and they love teaching you
0: oh. Wow. Yeah. Sorry. I'll, uh, you were going to say something, Mary. Apologies.
2: Can yeah, I... I was just going to add an, a surprise for me, uh, in, and very humbling. Uh, I mean, they were all mag- magnificent. So pulling out just one or two, it, it, it's um, not because they weren't all fabulous. But what really struck me was talking with Nikki McGee um, for the RE, uh, for the in, she's the lead for the Inspiration Trust so i've i've been involved in curriculum development since the early 90s as an nqt i was just really lucky that the authority i worked in um the county advisor for re he he took a handful of us out you know to work on curriculum materials and has to be said some of them are pretty good some of them are a bit naff. never mind nobody died but i've, I've been involved in the re trade for a long time and um, done a lot of work, you know, on the ground, supporting teachers curriculum development, started the RE Equality. done a lot of work nationally, it's all sorts of bodies and stuff. Anyway, so <laughs> I'm then listening to Nikki and I'm thinking, oh my goodness, you are next level. You are next level. And so it's just, it's, it's an exquisite feeling that you recognize there are people who are the generation below you in, professionally and they're doing work at the next level, even though you know I do consider myself to have done some pretty good work in RE. Nick is his next level, and um, you know I do think the sector has raised its game. So again, in RE, when you talk to AJ Smith as well, which we've done for for the primary RE, it's like, oof, <laughs> it's so good oh. and it's so exciting. So it's really lovely. Mm. I
3: am I'm, I'm my uh, before I hand over today my. Yeah, there's there's a ton in here. I could talk about the Lucy Cresswell and the classics. I mean, I I, I finished that one thinking, right, I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to Huntington and say, like scrap Kiso three. We're gonna base it all on the classics. Right? <laughs> Just irritate the hell out of all the subject leaders. Um, but yeah, you know, that that's, that was really really inspiring. And 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 I go on a lot about Chris McGrain, Um and I think this is this is absolutely key to me because curriculum isn't just, I, I call it the, the, the curriculum triumvirate, so it's content, responsive teaching and, and assessment, like content pedagogy assessment. Uh, and as an example of why it's not just what you teach, but how you teach it, the maths, the maths um, uh, and YouTube will know this, that the maths chapter is phenomenal, and Chris's work um, is extraordinary. And just, you know, looking at how you teach negative numbers he got so sick of getting year 10s arrived and he teaches in the biggest school in in glasgow year 10s arriving um, to his lessons to start um, their uppers um, and not being able to understand negative numbers even though they've been taught negative numbers every year since year four right so it's not just what you teach it's how you damn well teach it and Looking at the way he, he describes how you teach negative numbers, there is just brilliant and fascinating. I, I you know, For my sins, I, 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 you know, I pretend to be a maths teacher. Um, I, you know, I've got grade A level maths back in the day. So I'm, ma- I'm numerical, but I don't understand it. I'm the worst type. I know that 32x squared is 64x, but I've got a flying clue why. I can just do that all day long. Um, but when you read Chris's stuff, you understand. You know, place value, you know, it's right there. And, and, and the the inverse, the additive inverse is just a brilliant way of understanding how you do negative numbers. So it's not just what you teach, because you can have a sheet of paper that says we teach negative numbers in term two year eight. So what? Um, how do you teach it so the children understand it? That, that's my beef. Dave. Can't hear you, Dave. Try again. Apologies. I,
1: I muted myself as I started. Um yeah, just absolutely wonderful what you're saying there. The the mass um examples, we could talk for hours on those. We've um, we've had Peter Mattock join us um talking about manipulatives and, and just an, an hour session on really thinking about why um Ed Southall, uh, who's written the book, yes, but why just uh, really getting us to think about um, sort of you know not just sort of how it all works but, but why it's working and it's, it's the way you teach as you say um, and just bring it back to the, the languages chapter as well I was um, again I was reading through as you were talking about it and what a senior leader should ask a subject's leader and it was just really interesting listening to you talk whilst reading about um, senior leaders should be asked about target language and, um, and the idea that it's not should we be using target language but how much and having that sort of in-depth conversation and then my role maybe not with the same knowledge just helping the subject lead to reflect on that practice as well is, is what i was hearing from um a little while um back uh, when you were talking before john um, but it's just an incredible network that you're offering here um, for people and um you can dodge the question of how did you choose these people i'm not gonna i'm not gonna put you on the spot to that but um but i just every single person um that, that you read within this book Clearly, um, as you described, Mary, like another level, but they, they clearly are another level to, to what I'm functioning at with, um, with, with how, how to design a curriculum, how to um, to sort of sequence, how to um, articulate why you're making the choices that you're making. And, and then um, as well as have that community within this book to have the, the links that are there, the professional communities that um, are offered in each chapter um i mean you you've just got you've got such a menu um that you can go to. I think it's absolutely wonderful and uh yeah, I just wanted to sort of um sort of thank you once more for that but um but yeah there's no there's no particular question but I was quite interested sort of how maybe those initial conversations came about with some of those subjects because um they must have been wonderful to be a part of and and yeah, just really interesting. yeah well
3: we, we advertised on twitter's be Mary and um I got about seventy replies from one blog and um and then we chatted, you know, and, it, you know, it, we, we were, I think, rem- ridiculously lucky. But there again, it also maybe reflects how many brilliant people there are out there in that, you know, we had some unbelievable conversations. And you never know, you know, we're into, half of them, three quarters of them, we interviewed people we'd never met before in our lives, you know. Well, I, I, you know and that was completely, but if you, I guess if you've got the courage to respond to an email or to a, to a tweet from Mary and me, um, then you're going to have something to say right so you know that it was self-selecting essentially and then we, we, we kind of we, we worked through them i think i think one of the one of the brilliant ones um from the senior leaders point of view is claire hill and uh you know one of my tasks was to pare down from ten thousand words to three three and a half thousand if you read claire hills claire hill has both a chapter and a case study, and it's just a fact. You know, I've just, it's just, it's just a fob, really, because I just couldn't get it down to 3,000 words. So you've just got two chapters, right? And so she, she gets double, double here, you know, a, a double platform, because it's brilliant. Um, and off the back of what she talked about as a senior leader, interrogating and talking and developing curriculum with her subject leaders, I do this thing now where I've got seven, what Christine Castle and I have, have taught this through. And it's seven roots into talking about the curriculum, seven starting points to talk about the curriculum. And I think off the top of my head, um, there's one about the history of the curriculum in your school. So, you know, Mick, who left five years ago, wrote those three year eight units. We've never looked at them since. Mick, we don't know where Mick is, but they seem to work. So you find out about that. that, That's route one. Route two is why do you teach that then? You know? route three why do you want to where do you want to be at the end of year nine um, starting point four is something around let's have let's have the two week curriculum what's happening now what's happening two weeks before what's happening two weeks afterwards okay let's get into lessons and then route five is something around um uh, if you if you around misconceptions right so uh, where are the big misconceptions? How do we teach the misconceptions? Route six is around um, assessment and are people responsive to assessment? And then the final one, which is Claire Hills, really specifically is, let's start with the great stuff. Where's your curriculum really singing, okay? And if you know where it's really singing, why is it really singing? Let's, Let's try and work out why it's really singing, why the kids love it and learn loads. And then where it's not singing, what can we take from what we've learned about where it is singing and make it sing where it's not singing? I love that positive opening conversation. You imagine you're a subject leader, slightly worried, you've got a deputy or the head who talks about the curriculum. Okay, let's start with where it's absolutely brilliant and people love it. And then just make it good all the way across. And so there's some lovely ways into discussing the curriculum um, that have born out of this work that we're, Mary and I are still developing.
2: Yes, and, and just to loop back to your um, question, Dave, about how we selected people. It, well, I mean, it was quite random, and I think John has uh, uh, you know given a really good account of that. What I would say is they were all incredibly modest. So no one was putting themselves up for saying, I've got all the answers. I think that's another reason why it works, because actually people who are doing really good work, they're aware of what else needs to be done as well. Um, and it, it, it was really interesting that we didn't have any big heads and know-it-alls they're out there but they didn't choose to engage with John and me I
3: didn't dare um no no this is true no fab and I liked I like the way that in there
0: it's it's just as you were going through your prompts then, especially around Claire Hills, like where's it really singing? It's instead of quite often, it's really easy to pick faults, isn't it? Or what we yeah, see yeah. as, or, or find the niggly bits that might need fixing, because that's, that's an easy, relatively easy thing to spot, but that puts somebody on the back foot. Yeah, yeah. So if we, if that's reclaimed and redirected to, now let's talk about where it's brilliant. So they already feel like you respect them as an expert and that you're yeah, going
2: to listen to what it is they say. It's so powerful that, and I think, um, y- you know, Claire Hill and Cat Howard's work uh, together on symbiosis needs a needs a shout out. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I've always found in any kind of work in schools, whether, you know, on inspection, or otherwise, to, to kick it off by saying, is there anything we might miss in the time we're here that you're really proud of, uh, that you think we, we might not capture or know about? And so it doesn't matter whether there is or isn't anything the point is that people need to understand you're not there to find fault you then get far greater disclosure about because they oh you're not after them you know so it's great it's great no some wonderful stuff from from claire for that session and we if, were if, privileged
3: if, if you're prompting good books that's worth yeah. a reading, just to structure stuff it's a different that, it's yeah. a completely different type of book to our book but they complement each other i think really well in terms of This is a bit bit more theoretical, but um, the two sit nicely together.
2: Yeah. So as this is a podcast, I'm just going to say it's Ruth Ashby's on the curriculum. (laughs) (laughs) Again, uh, all all expanding the conversations, which is great.
0: That's brilliant because Cat Howard was a guest for us at the, I think it was the last session of the summer term last year on their book, Symbiosis. And we actually have Ruth, Ruth Ashby on her book, on friday in our session oh, right. so when you said john let's talk about uh, where we are now two weeks prior and two weeks after we almost had a tenuous link to that in our podcast sessions as well so no we've we've got those um we're absolutely looking forward to um continuing conversation with ruth on that as well on friday so thank you ever much ever so right. much I'm going to answer that, um,
1: It's very good. I'm going to answer that in my notes, ready for Friday. I have um, Ruth Ashby and her really compliment each other well. So, uh, so I'm glad yeah, we're yeah, on the right go. lines there. So, uh, oh yeah, absolutely yeah. I can't wait to to marry those up. This um, yeah, it's going to be pretty on Friday, isn't it as well? Sorry to interrupt. Sorry.
0: No, not at all. Um, Dorian, if I bring you in now, and we've got two people for our takeaways this afternoon because this is there's so much richness in this discussion and with this book so I'll be bringing those in in a few minutes Dorian so it'd be, but it'd be great to hear from you beforehand.
4: Be brief, <laughs> yes uh, great thank you so much um, and uh, Mary and John it's been absolutely fantastic listening listening to you it's always, it's always a pleasure listening to you um, talking about curriculum because I kind of learned so much and the, the reason I kind of wanted to say something really was that I saw a, a tweet from a, a geographer Katie Walter the other day and she's she wrote a piece on curriculum development about well, it was less than two years ago that she wrote it uh, for the Geographical Association. Um, and it, the article was actually only just very recently published. Um, and she exclaimed, really, that, you know even since the 18 months ago whenever she wrote the article how much further her kind of curriculum thinking had moved on in that in, in that rather short time and so the, the question which i think i'm not sure we've got time for but it, the question i i, I thought they got me thinking particularly after listening to what we've been saying today um and this is quite provocative because i know that what i'm about to say has probably got a quite a fair few misconceptions that involved there but if if we're going to continue to if we're continually evolving curricula and we've got the the, the dream team like the people that wrote the the the, uh, the chapters of your books etc you know it's continuous improvement tweaks through trial and error etc is it logical to, to maybe assume that eventually we'll have we will have this kind of this curriculum which is robust. Um, cogently articulated which continually challenges and, and, and gets the very best out of all of our pupils and and, and if we do have that synergy as, as John said between content pedagogy and assessment um, and you know senior leaders have disciplinary knowledge about each can we you know is it idealistic I guess to to arrive at this place but when we do arrive at that place I understand that the job's still not done as well um, so is it, I wondered what your brief thoughts on that, on that question was?
3: I'll I'll go for. I'll go first briefly. I, I, I I, um. I have. I talk a lot about the language we use about curriculum, and I will get back to. I will get to your answer to to your question, Dorian, and and I worry that a lot of it's exclusive. Um, And my job, I think, I think our our job, and I think Mary said this earlier as well, is is to make, it, make all this stuff accessible for everybody. Because, because we have what you might call, we have 600,000 teachers in this country, if you include the independent sector. So we have a massive prior attainment amongst our own profession, right? A full range of prior attainment, if you put it that way. right? So, so there's lots of educating to do all the time. None of us is an expert in our own subject, right? Yeah, you know, I, I I'm, I'm a qualified English teacher, but, you know, if, a, if, a new, if, a, if, if I had to teach measure for measure, I'd got a lot of work to do to, to sort myself out on measure for measure. Hamlet, I'm okay. Othello, I'm okay. But measure for measure, I'd have to do a lot of work. So none of us is an expert, right? So there's always that work to do. On the other hand, the, other, the, the converse of that is, if you read something like um, David Priest's, Dr. David Priest's chapter on geography right there's the core of, of what geography has always been right new case studies will come up and new ideas will come up about examples but the core of what it is 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 articulated brilliantly by him in there so you can know actually the essence of a subject isn't going to change that much over time there'll be discussions about it you know the idea of teaching a history curriculum now without an acknowledgement of Black Lives Matters is unthinkable, you know, and decolonizing the curriculum that makes things change. So context happens, but some of the absolute essence of every subject, I think you find in this book, which is never changing. And there are some experts who are really good at it, other people who've still got to learn it. So there's a kind of there's a Janus face look at that really, We're looking both ways, in that there's lots to learn and lots of us to be educated. On the other hand, the essence of most subjects. Have been there um for millennia
2: yeah i, I would i would absolutely echo that um, and i think i think two things in response to your brilliant provocation Doran. one is is that i think these conversations not just our work but collectively you know everyone on this call all the other people are blogging talking writing and you know doing that doing the work day by day um, i think i do think it's raising everyone's game I think as a sector, we're getting better at this stuff, thing number one. Thing number two, though, the idea that we're ever going to arrive, I I don't think that's going to happen. And that's why we landed, John landed on the name of her to capture this, the Egyptian God of Everlasting Things. So it's slightly tongue in cheek, um, but it does really capture what we truly believe about the curriculum. Don't think it's ever finished and the corollary to that is if it's never going to be finished to pace ourselves and also to enjoy it to take delight in it some of it's going to be boring as we we do some of this work but actually what we're finding is and I have for some time is the more people get into this the more excited they become about the potential for their subjects overall I think it's a really good thing to relax into the fact it's never going to be finished and I do think as a profession we're getting much more skilled at at this whole narrative. But great question, Dorian.
0: I I really like that and I like the way it, it, it takes the pressure off something that is so hugely important. Relax into the fact it's never going to be finished. You know, if, if and I think we need to give ourselves permission to do that and I remember discussing this with you in the last session. So thank you ever so much for that, Dorian, and, and for everybody's responses. And I don't want to forget um, to bring in. Uh, we've got Nicole Saunders and Emma Cave, um, who are going to be sharing their takeaways with us this afternoon. So if I may, Nicole, um, if I could bring you in first and then um, I'll bring and then you can come in after Emma um, and I'll I'll help with that if it's if that's okay as well. So Excellent.
5: Nicole's got her camera on. And I've unmuted. <laughs> Hi, thank you very much. It's been a really, uh, really good to listen. I've got like a whole page of notes and then I went back through and I've kind of numbered them as to which way I want to go. So I wanted to do a statement, first of all. And, and this is from what you were saying, John, right at the start. I think about myself as a senior leader, and I, I've been a senior leader for six years now. Um, and I've supported a range of subjects from creative arts, from languages, to science, to English, to maths. I'm now doing foreign languages uh, and EBAC subjects, and I, I've been stretched. I'm a master at none, I'm going to admit. <laughs> um, but I have an interest, which is always a good uh, starting place. But I just think in my my time of education and being a senior leader, we've we've gone from where we've been told what to teach, and we we've just expected that that's the right thing. To now being in a position where we are choosing what we teach, when we're teaching it, and ensuring that it, it it's challenging, etc. And actually, training wise, that's that's quite a big thing to get our heads round as senior leader, but also as a as a subject heads, which I, I used to be previously, and then. Um, I did think here there there's a gap here because i've done my senior leadership training and that not once i trained about curriculum i was trained about data and the gaps and i've been trained all of those sorts of things but not once about how to really question the curriculum and, and have that intrigue and 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 work that through so that was just that something that you guys can do <laughs> and provide that training. So, so the other sort of next stage it came for me is that um, I also then thought, how can I be better at supporting um, departments that I work with? And and this book has, has enabled me to really pick up on some key things. And that is that, that being inquisitive and learning from them and actually, and it's learning from them, but really listening to what they're saying. And then, and then it's that time and feel value. They're the three sort of key points that, that I, I took um and then i just went on the next thing i kind of thought about was um also knowing and you taught there how they teach as well and also sort of knowing about actually that's different in every single subject and we're really lucky actually and uh, we've had a lot of support in in my school i'm at stoke damerel in plymouth and then we've had a lot of support particularly with our maths and I, i now have an understanding how our maths department teach so when i go in I'm, no, I'm not judging, I'm not holding them accountable, but I understand what they're trying to achieve so I can have a better conversation with them. And actually, that's what we should be doing across every single subject, not, not one size fits all. Actually, how is this best taught in your subject? Tell us as a senior leadership team so we can work with you in order to make that uh, even better. So that, that's kind of my, my key takeaways. There is much more, <laughs> but I realise that there are other people as well on the call. Uh, on the call. So thank you. And I, I do believe there's a huge element of upskilling um, for myself, and for my colleagues across the country as a senior leadership role, but also the subject leaders. Um, I think you know, my specialism is business and economics. And I know my business in economics, but I haven't always thought about the why and what order that should be in. So I think there's a lot of support we need to give to our colleagues to help them think that way.
3: The economics chapter is very good in there about
5: that. Oh, it is. <laughs> okay. Uh,
0: thank you ever so much, oh, Nicole. Thanks. Um, Emma would you i oh, am ever so sorry uh, I, there was a bit of a lag there my end um Emma um it would be brilliant to hear from you now as well thank you so much for joining us this afternoon
6: uh, thank you um thank you to John and Mary as well for such an excellent session um it is a brilliant book we bought it um well i think i had it on pre-order uh, as soon as i found out about it because um, curriculum is one of the big areas that we've been working on as a school. Um, and we're really working on kind of devolving, development of subjects and curriculum to our heads of faculty. Um, and actually for some of my senior team, that's been quite a big step because we've probably worked under the model of kind of qa curriculum for quite a long time um, and telling subjects what to teach. So the book's been really invaluable to us as a school. Um, A couple of things that you've said this afternoon that have really stood out to me, which actually I think really summarise the book, um, about the spirit that those chapters were written in and the conversations, and that really comes through on the page. And that's been really powerful to us in terms of that kind of providing that network and invoking that passion in our own subject leaders, because sometimes they don't have the chance to get out and about and to talk to other people. Um, So it's been that idea of the delight in their work and also what you just said Mary about kind of relaxing into that where it's never finished and kind of being always involved in that it's really helped kind of develop our subject leaders Um, and the other thing that a lot today about humility and kind of honesty and professional conversations um, and the kind of collaborative and collective dialogue I found that one of the things that we've really embraced is that kind of blueprint of the way of working that you mentioned. And it's really has helped, John, you said with the standard of conversations because what we've been able to do from it is to use those chapters as a starting point. So as line managers of subjects and, you know, I line manage creative performing arts and I'm a geographer, so I have no clue. But what it's meant is I'm not coming from my view and my subject lead isn't necessarily bringing her agenda. We're kind of starting from a neutral point and looking at somebody else's conversation and discussing, well, how does that work here? And what do you agree with that? And why not? And so we're kind of learning together. And from that, it means that we've been able to perhaps um, be involved um, and kind of collaboratively work together as a senior team and subject leads rather than being at loggerheads, which I guess can be quite an easy place to be. Um, A couple of things that, um, John, you just said this afternoon as well, that I'm definitely going to take back from this webinar, as well as the book, about that short chunks and maybe talking about, let's just talk about year eight for two weeks, because it is a huge thing to get your head around someone else's curriculum and to kind of practically be involved in that. Um, And also um, the thinking about where's the great stuff. And I think sometimes we don't do that enough there's always so much work to be done but we don't really celebrate perhaps enough what the great stuff is and then use that as a springboard into further development. So uh, thank you for those nuggets from Saturday as well.
3: And I think the thing to say there Emma is in a way what I like about this is that Mary and I are conduits you know because the expertise is from the people we interviewed, right. You know, Claire Hill right that's her stuff and what we've done is is, is provide a platform for so many brilliant thinkers which is you know which we do with humility
2: and lovely to see in the chat i know you're nearly finishing nicole saying uh and i think it was echoed by you Emma as well nicole saying she's going to add in your next slide management meeting you'll be asking where's your curriculum really singing uh i think i i think that's going to be utterly transformational that you know Bring oh, on no, the joy. <laughs> and
3: that's and that's Claire Hill. And it's just, you know, we, we, we're kind of privileged to have been able to bring that to the to the wider audience.
0: Thank you so much. And I think what's come across this afternoon is that everybody's appreciated having their voice or somebody with a voice to help to represent their subject and communicate those ideas in here as well as that gateway. And then they can always go to the recordings on Myat & Co as well for the, the, the full slice as, as such. So thank you so much. I am so Pleasure. sorry to be the bearer of bad news to start rounding off the session as well, but I know um, just how how privileged we are to have had it, had your time this afternoon and also that we are going to be talking to um Ruth Ashby on her book curriculum on Friday which um was was linked earlier on today so um yeah thank you and um and Dave I know you'll want to say thank you as well.
1: Yes, just to say thanks so much for giving up your time. I know we've run just over the hour and, uh, and just no thanks for, for taking that, um, that time to talk with us, to allow us to, um, to, to have our voices heard, to uh, understand more about how we can um, work with our own curriculum um, when we go back into our schools tomorrow and beyond. And, um, and yeah, we just really do feel so lucky to ha- be able to have these conversations and to grow. And um, so, yeah, just thank you so much for, for giving your time to us today and, and allowed us to do so.
3: been a real pleasure thank you both thanks everyone for being
2: here. yeah it's been really lovely thank you so much for including us
0: anytime and we look forward to primary her as well when that one comes out yes okay i'm going to stop the recording now everybody